From the corner of Bay and Dundas in downtown Toronto, this is Like Nobody's Business, a podcast of thought leadership and business innovation. I'm your host, Nadine Habib. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to create challenges for the hospitality and tourism sector. The majority of travel has been halted, lockdowns have restricted the operations of restaurants and bars, and businesses are waiting to see if they'll even make it out of the pandemic. On today's episode of Like Nobody's Business, I speak virtually with Professor Frederick Dimanche. He is the director of the School of Hospitality and Tourism Management at the Ted Rogers School of Management. He has been a key voice and expert on how the travel and tourism sector has been impacted by the coronavirus. We speak about how drastically the sector has been hit, the innovative ways companies have tried to bounce back, and how education is changing to meet the needs of a new chapter in the hospitality and tourism industry. Thank you for joining me virtually, Frederick. It's nice to see you again. You're welcome. Good morning. Um, so the last time I saw you was in March. And I remember it clearly because you were doing a CBC interview. And I remember after the interview, you had said, um, I, I'd be very surprised if schools don't close within a week. And within a week, we were, work, we were all working from home. And I remember even at that time, you were giving a lecture and saying how dramatically the the COVID impact on the hospitality and tourism sector, it's already taken shape in that if, if this continues for another six months, a lot of companies are going to go out of business. And so now we are eight months in and as your, how has that changed? Um, how dramatically has COVID impacted the sector? So unfortunately um, I was kind of right. <laughs> we, we did close the school. Actually, we have to say we don't close the school because the courses continue and we continue to work, but you know, physically, the school was closed, indeed, and we all work online. And um, unfortunately, as well, you know, the, this COVID crisis has continued, um, you know, for a long time. And, and I think it will continue for a long time as well. And, and as we discussed already six months ago, or eight months ago, it uh, has had a very uh, detrimental effect on the hospitality and tourism sector, probably more on this sector than on any other sector because um, of government restrictions. Uh, not just in Canada, but all over the world. You know, as we know, uh, some borders were closed and and people were advised not to travel. And so it made it really difficult for people to travel, first of all. And then, you know, there was, of course, the risk, the health risk that people perceived. And, um, you know, people were not willing to take that risk in many situations. So very few people traveled. And um, as a result, well, the travel and tourism sector uh, literally sunk. Um, we are down to maybe 10% of what it was a year ago. Uh, so you can imagine what kind of impact that has on all businesses that are related to hospitality and travel and tourism, you know, from trans- transportation, to attractions, to accommodations, to food services, uh, to the travel intermediaries, the travel agents, the tour operators, everybody has been hurt very badly. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I know, so you're the director of the School of Hospitality and Tourism, and I know those are, it falls under the same program, but those are two very different sectors. And so, you know, hospitality deals with restaurants, bars, hotels, tourism, anything related to travel. So 
How have those two things been affected separately from COVID? And has one industry kind of bounced, been able to bounce back better or quicker? And is there does the government still need to provide a lot of incentives for both sectors to really get it back? 10% is super low. Yeah. So those two sectors are very much connected. You know, so uh, I, I don't want to say they are one and the other because they are one t- and the other really two, two together. Uh, hospitality is part of the tourism sector. However, the difference is that there are some hospitality services that cater also to locals. So when we're talking about travel, uh, long haul transportation, airplanes and etc. Of course, you know, that's the travel sector. And, and when people don't travel, this is definitely not doing very, very well. Um, the hospitality sector for some part of it, and I'm thinking about restaurants, for example, and bars, they cater also to locals. And, and therefore, um, under some circumstances, you know, they have been able to continue to operate. And, and I don't want to say they did well, they did not do well, actually, it was uh, very helpful. But nonetheless, they did operate. There was a time when you know, uh, indoor dining was authorized and outdoor dining in the summer was authorized and people could go to uh, to bars, for example. Um, but at some point, as you know, uh, there were more restrictions. So we closed indoor dining and the bars were closed. And, and that really impacted very dramatically the sector, probably more than any other sector as far as, as local business um, is concerned. You know, there was no way um, restaurants could survive, you know, ma- managing the, the fixed cost, you know, with only providing food uh, on, on delivery basis or, or uh, online ordering without sit-down service and and that has been very very difficult Um, even more difficult maybe for the hotels because when people don't travel obviously there are no customers in the hotels except you know for very very few um, uh, rooms that may be occupied by people who had to travel I'm talking possibly about uh, you know the very few airline crews that were still flying or, or, or some of the people on business whose business depended on staying in a hotel in a, in a different city but that's very very limited and as you know several hotels had to close because the occupancy rates was so low that they, there was no um, opportunity for them to to operate, so it's been it's been very difficult. So um, uh, again, you know, the hospitality sector, the, the restaurants, you know, the bars, you know, depending on the local regulations, you know, it's not the same in Toronto, for example, that it has been in some other parts of the country. Um, they manage more or less, you know, to work with the local businesses, but those who are part of the hospitality business and the tourism business, in other words, those that cater exclusively to traveling tourists, um, it's it's been very difficult for them, except in the summer. And I will make another distinction. Um, We have been told uh, by the health officials, you know, to stay away from the crowds, to, to, you know, to to go outside, of course, you know, to go to the countryside possibly. So during the summertime, you know, those tourism businesses and destinations that did pretty well were probably those in rural areas, comparative to urban areas that were not visited at all by um, by the tourists. 
it's, it's a shift of balance, shift of power almost, because everybody's going out. Yes, yes. Usually everybody goes to the city. But but also because it was vacation time, and and those businesses were relying on people coming on vacation, and and you know who spent some uh, a long weekend or maybe a week at a cottage or something like this. But now that we're going into the winter season, it's going to be very difficult for them to operate. Yeah, and what about the airlines? Because I know people have been talking should the government bail them out. The they're at record well, levels in terms of profits. In terms of airlines, it's been very difficult. Uh, um, you know, the, uh, international airline traffic is down to 10% or less than what it was before. You know, some countries have managed to maintain or to recover. I'm thinking about China, for example, that seems to be in, in, in improving conditions. Um, but for, for North America, it's it's a lot more difficult. So some people have been traveling, like I said, you know, for, for business or, or others. So there are some flights, but the traveling public in general is not traveling. Um, you know, even businesses are working from home like we're doing right now. Uh, uh, instead of, of going to, to Ottawa, for example, for a one-day meeting or, or in Montreal that is not existing anymore. You know, people are, you know, teleconferencing or, or, or doing, um, you know, video conference calls. And, and um, uh, so, again, the impact has been tremendous on the airlines. And, and the question is, you know, can the airlines survive without operating, without any kind of, of revenue? Um, it's unlikely. So we have seen in many countries, um, you know, governments, stepping in to to help and to provide financial support uh, in one way or the other to those airlines to make sure that they survive because airlines are essential to any kind of business, not just to, uh, um, you know, the the traveling leisure public, but also to actual business and trade. Mm -hmm. So it's important to, to keep them in the loop. Yeah. And do you feel that maybe the Canadian regulations have been some of the more stricter regulations when it comes to airlines comparatively, you know, to other countries? I, you know, I, I don't know. I could, I could not really compare. I know for a fact that some of the countries have stepped in, have stepped in, and and have helped. You know, some some airlines more significantly than the Canadian government has done, for example, at the moment. Um, but on the other hand, we haven't heard yet about a Canadian airlines going into bankruptcy. So they have been able. Air Canada, for example, is the major player um, in Canada. They're still able to operate. You know, they they, they transport freight. They transport. Uh, you know, a few people, there are a few international flights. Um, so they, they manage to have a, a baseline activity that keeps them in um, in business, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know that you traveled a little bit this summer. Um, what was that experience like? Because there's a lot of people at home that are you know, have barely budged. <laughs> I, I did. And and um, over the summer, I went back to Europe, you know, to 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 visit family, to visit my parents and my children. And, um, you know, the travel was kind of an unreal experience. You know, the, the going oh, through the airport, you know, going through the airline security. First of all, there were very few people in the airports, obviously, because there was very little traffic. And then it was very uh, high level security, um, you know, signing papers, certificates about health and all this kind of thing, plus the, the, the procedure in the plane about uh, not sitting next to someone else unless it's it's of your own party. Um, so a number of things like this. And when I was in Europe, I took the train and obviously everybody was wearing masks over the summer in public transportation, uh, same as in planes, you know, the train uh, passengers were, you know, masking up and, and um, that was being controlled. So, you know, 
once you realize that this is becoming the new normal, um, it's not that threatening anymore. It's not that scary. Um, you know, people still need to travel, like like we said earlier. So, and and I don't think that traveling in itself is dangerous. We know for a fact that traveling on a plane is that's not where you're going to catch the coronavirus. Um, you know, what governments are concerned is that when somebody who is infected might travel to another place and disseminate the virus. That's uh, another issue. But traveling in itself, it's quite safe. Yeah. I know that now that there's just so much more regulation about traveling. Like, for instance, my, my sister is traveling from Dubai and she had to get tested before she got on the flight, after she got on the flight. And so she was tested multiple times. So they're they're regulating it pretty strongly. Absolutely. And that's one thing, actually, that the travel sector has been reproaching to the Canadian government. At the moment, the regulation, if, if you come back to Canada from abroad, you have to spend two weeks in quarantine. And, you know, if we work like we do right now uh, from home online, it's not it's not that difficult. But nonetheless, for people, it's going to be a big barrier. They will not be thinking about traveling abroad if they know that they have to quarantine. It depends on their working conditions. It depends on their living condition as well. Some people may afford it. Uh, or and, and for some other people, it's just not possible to, to stay at home for, for two, four weeks. So um, we need to put in place a number of, of, of system, as you suggested, where, you know, there is testing before flying, testing upon landing, and maybe a third testing, you know, four or five days later after a short quarantine of, of uh, two, two, three or four days. And, and that should help uh, encourage people to travel a little bit more again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this kind of brings me to my, my third question is that people are always, companies, entrepreneurs, always thinking of innovative ways to get the customer back. So do you feel that there's certain things that... Um, like in you know, hotels or airlines or Airbnb, they're doing to kind of bring the customer back? Well, you know, the, the hotel sector, the travel sector, the, the restaurants have been among the first ones to implement very strict measures in terms of safety. Why? Because they were targeted very quickly and everybody in the hospitality and tourism realized that if we don't put those safety measures and sanitation measure in place, we have no chance. So very early, um, all the hotel brands, all the airlines, you know, put together very strict procedures to reassure people and to demonstrate to the potential clients, but also to government, obviously, that we were very serious about safety and security. So that's something that they obviously continue to do. And I think they have been able to demonstrate that that service, uh, whether it's in a plane or in a restaurant, can be safe. And and actually, um, you know, I believe that restaurants are likely to reopen again, to, you know, to, to some extent with, with some, um, you know, physical distanciation um, measures. But uh, obviously, Making people feel confident and and um, you know is an important aspect, but we have to attract them also in some other ways. And and uh, um, you know when people are traveling in hotels, for example, what is there to do? Uh, because there is no more live entertainment. Uh, you may not be able to go to the movies. You don't go to the theater. You don't go to a concert. You don't go shopping, or at least it's discouraged to go shopping. So um, one thing that some hotels have been doing to uh, entertain, if I may say, the, the guest is to provide um, health, wellness uh, services, meditation services, yoga services in hotels. There's a number of hotel brands that have come up with uh, um, those kind of strategies, you know, from, from apps 
perhaps to, um, you know, in room, uh, you know, with a TV uh, a training and, and, and courses or, or whatever it may be. So that's a new service um, that the hotels have been developing, I think, to keep people busy uh, in the room and also it's helping obviously uh, people's uh, wellness and mental health yeah i think uh, people just don't want to be at home so <laughs> even if they're in a hotel room doing those wellness things yeah, outside yeah. Of their home, it feels like a change absolutely yeah um well the holiday season is coming up and i know that that's going to look very different considering what's going on yes. so what do you expect for that season i know that's a that's a really big big time for every industry so what what are your expectations yeah so if, for the past few weeks as you know the number of cases has gone up so one of the reason is well more testing possibly i think all over the countries there's been more testing so obviously the number of cases has been going up but also because it's a virus that is disseminating okay so um uh, several countries including canada you know have restricted um activities and and you know opportunities to meet people and crowd and all those kind of things. Um, France went into confinement. Uh, Italy went into confinement. The UK is going the, uh, into confinement as well. And, and all those um, activities to be, uh, of course, to control the spread of the virus, but also we're doing this at a time um, a few weeks ahead of the holiday season so that we are hoping that we can control the situation for the holiday seasons. Mm. It would be very difficult, I think, for any government to tell people you cannot meet your family for the holiday season. And this is a heavy time in terms of travel, in terms of family togetherness. And uh, we know that this has been a very difficult year. Um, the holiday season may be an opportunity for people to, to get together and, and rejoice and see family that they have not seen for weeks or for months in some cases. So I'm really hoping that the, 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 the strong measures that we're taking right now, the efforts that all of us are making, not to go out, not to see people, not to go go into crowds or events or all this kind of thing will pay off uh, in the next uh, in the next week so that the, the, the governments can um, uh, release a little bit some of the tension for the holiday season. Yeah, I know people are looking forward to that. It's been a hard year. People need to see their family. It has. It has. Yeah. Um, and my last question I'd like to turn to is uh, education. And so I yeah. think of a more interesting or exciting time to be a student at this time and just, especially in hospitality and tourism, and you're learning like the the sector is changing so much. And when, when there's a lot of change, there's a lot of opportunity. So I can imagine that as a student, you're taking all this in and as a teacher as well, you're changing a lot of your curriculum and you know your lesson plan. So what are you, what are you teaching now to your students? What has their response been like? Well, you know, first of all, we've gone 100% online. So that already was an adjustment for, for the student. And that was a great learning curve for us professors, but also for the students, because they had to learn as much as we did the new tools, the new evaluation procedures, and, and etc. But what we find is that both on the faculty side and the student side, people are very creative. And if we give them the tools uh, to work differently, they do it, they embrace it, and, and something really good can come out of it. Now, more specifically, with respect to hospitality and tourism, um, you know, obviously, in all of our courses, we have to 
take this into consideration. Um, whether it's in accounting and finance, you know, when you go through a crisis, you know, how do we do? Whether uh, we talked this summer uh, a risk and crisis management, you know, how do companies uh, not only deal with the crisis currently, but how do they learn from this crisis to plan for risk management for upcoming events, upcoming crises that may be affecting this. Um, people working in organizational behavior, leadership, human resource management, all of those have been affected very dramatically by COVID-19. So we are talking about all this uh, in the classroom and I'm talking here about business skills. Um, but now more specifically, even to hospitality and tourism, I think we can talk about the way um, this crisis may be an opportunity for us to reinvent uh, travel and tourism. Maybe not to reinvent it totally, but maybe to to uh, to change the focus of travel and tourism. We know that some destinations are changing the way they market themselves. We know that this crisis um, is combined with another crisis, which is climate change. We know that uh, tourism has to be more sustainable. We start to talk about regenerative uh, tourism um, in, in destinations. So there are lots of approaches that um, have been brought in or revealed, I should say, by the COVID-19 crisis and, and that we are now taking into consideration and addressing in class with the students. Yeah, it's like you said, you know, it's a it's a great opportunity for them. Um, many of them may be wondering, you know, am I going to get a job? You know, it's not going to. Yeah, of course, it's not easy right now, especially for the graduating students. But um, in the midterm to long term, you know, there is no question that the travel sector, the hospitality sector will come back. We are people who need to travel. We need to meet each other. We need to entertain each other. The way we do it will change. Um, and, and of course, depending on um, um, medicine and depending on a vaccine, possibly it may take some more months, uh, long months, probably maybe a year or two or three years, you know, for, for us to, to get back to, to where we were. But during that time, we're learning to do things differently in a more efficient way, um, in a more sustainable way. Thank you so much, Frederick. You're welcome, Nadine. Like Nobody's Business is a presentation of Ryerson University's Ted Rogers School of Management. For more information about TRSM, visit ryerson.ca forward slash Ted Rogers School. Thank you for listening.